Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. Welcome to episode 42 of With Heart and Wonder and our first episode of 2021. I uh, I had to admit, I was a little bit sad that um, I had to take a little bit of an unplanned break from the, the podcast in December. Our last episode was almost a month ago now, which feels really, really wild to me. Um, it definitely was not my intention, but sometimes life unfolds and we just have to go with the flow with grace and compassion. And I had a really interesting experience in December of um, experiencing um, some episodes of non-epileptic seizures. And so um, the, the last date that I was due to record, I actually spent in the emergency room and, and I am totally okay. Um, for, for the most part, there's some healing work that I have to do, but I am definitely feeling quite a bit better. Um, but uh I, I had to take a few weeks. Um, this all happened as well If um, in, in kind of this time period where we were actually moving into our first home. So it was actually our closing day that I spent in the ER and um, had a few more episodes that week that we were scheduled to move, which needless to say, made it quite a memorable, uh, quite a memorable moment in, in time. And um, it's also meant that we have been really, really slowly settling in here. So um, there are still many boxes to to unpack um, and, and, and much to do, but it's felt um, it, not necessarily easy because I think... Um, when there is a lot of kind of chaos in in our lives and I've been experiencing that that sense of chaos and uncertainty um, both with my own health right now as well as with the the health and well-being of the world the increasing numbers that we're seeing here in in Ontario um, of the coronavirus pandemic and um and just the the toll that this pandemic has been taking on 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 many. Um, and so it's been, it, I think there's been so much chaos happening that, I mean, in the, in the perfect world, I would have this really orderly, serene home that could function as a retreat. But, um, but, but really knowing that I have been in this place where I've really needed to honor my own capacity and and to, to let things be a little bit messy, to be in that mess, and to appreciate the fact that we're, we're able to be in that mess um, right now and to find the gratitude in that has, has been the practice and, and has certainly been a welcome practice. So, how are you? I, uh, I know that a lot of us are moving into this new year with all sorts of of different um, narratives in 
in our head about what the year is is going to hold. And and I think, I don't know, but it, it, it has felt like maybe even more than normal because of this story that we've been telling ourselves about what 2020 was and this story about what 2020 held and, um, you know, the, the number of people that I've heard talking about this idea of like, thank goodness this year is over. Um, and, and I know that many of us also are, are, are kind of challenging that narrative and, and holding space for the fact that it may have been a year of challenge for many, but it was also a year of resilience, a year of tapping into our strength, a year of finding community in perhaps unexpected places, a year of of creatively solving problems and needs in our lives and, and in our communities. And so I think, um, of course, there's always this duality that, that is, is happening and and as we move into 2021, I've really felt this kind of, this different energy this year as we're moving into this new season. And I was, um, there's been a few instances where I've heard people kind of talking of that traditional language around like New Year's resolutions and, and um, New Year's um like putting putting plans into motion, setting goals, whatever whatever that practice looks like, and I know that those practices really vary in form from from person to person, and, and the language that we use to describe those practices can also really vary in form. And it's been really interesting, kind of, because I've noticed within me that when I'm hearing others talk about this, there's kind of this, there's this sense that it isn't resonating in the depths of my being, that it isn't really settling in into my body. And I mean, even I think it's a, a much gentler practice that, that many have of kind of, um, I, I know many who, who said a, a word for the year, which I think is, is a really beautiful practice. But even that has, mm, I don't know, it just hasn't been resonating with me. And so I've been getting curious about what it is that I am holding in my heart as I move into this this new calendar year, this 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 moment of time that we as a culture and a society ascribe this meaning to as a fresh start, a new beginning. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about what that means in my own life. Uh, I have personally yet to engage in in some of the practices that I normally do in, in this this season of of the year and um, everything from you know normally in in my my business I would in December kind of um, conduct a, a reflection and and see where the last year has taken me and, and where I am going. And of course, one of the reasons that was disrupted was certainly the the presence of these seizures and the, the healing that that required. But the other reason um, is that I've just kind of felt, ever since December rolled around, I felt like I am not ready yet. I'm not ready yet to to think about journeying forward, to think about the future when it seems like there is so much to tend to in the present. And that for me, this year of 2020 was in many a year of 
um, of surfacing, of peeling back layers, of unearthing, and that there's so much that has been unearthed that I haven't even really had the chance yet to fully and completely integrate. Now, of course, <laughs> that process of full integration will take quite some time, but but there's this sense that that there is still a settling happening. I'm, I, I've had this visual of like that that snow globe that we're shaking up and and for me, it all still feels a little bit blurry. It all still feels like things are moving and settling. And so for me, as I move into this this new year and 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 I let some of those practices fall away from the time being, despite that part of me that wants to be setting goals and milestones and creating routine, as I let that, as I exhale that, as I let that be in this liminal space right now, what I'm left with is this question of how do I love myself well? In this moment of time, how do I love myself well? And so it is that that I am carrying forward in 2021. Um, Rather than words or intentions or affirmations, it is this question, this invitation for inquiry, how do I love myself well. And I wonder if this question might be of service, not just to me, but also to you or to others in your life. For I think one of the reasons for me that it's felt a little bit funny to be listening to all of this conversations of moving forward is because it really feels like so many of us are in a raw and vulnerable place where we are needing to be held, needing to be held in a space of safety and comfort and love and compassion, needing to be held. And I truly believe that as much as it is a truly beautiful thing to to lean on others, that there's also this question of, of how do we hold space for ourselves? How do we love ourselves well? So I thought I'd share today um, one of the, the kind of tools that, that I am working with and, and that I have been working with for quite some time, which is love languages. And this concept may or may not be familiar to you. I, I know it is... Um, it's quite a, in some ways, a, a popular, a popular idea that's been around for quite some time, and in in other ways, it's it's quite possible that you've never heard of this concept of love languages. But I wanted to to talk about this idea of love languages today, and I wanted to talk about how we might apply this idea of love languages to caring for ourselves, to loving ourselves well in this particular moment of time, and to perhaps let this be our guiding light as we move deeper into this new calendar year of 2021. So this idea of love languages um, was was really popularized um, by Gary Chapman. And the book is has, is decades old. It's been around for, for quite some time. And the one thing that I think is really important to note just from the beginning is that um, there have been so many editions of the book, and I have not read them all. Um, 
so I'm, I'm unsure if, if some of the language has, has perhaps changed in more recent editions. Um, but what I will say is that this idea of love languages is really informed by um, Dr. Gary Chapman's own um, position uh, as, as, which is embedded in um, Christianity and um, that he writes about this idea of love languages very much from a Christian view of, of what marriage is and, um, and, and this view as well, um, depending on if you were to pick up the book and which, which edition you were reading, uh, uh, perhaps view of marriage that, that reflects decades past. And so, um, I know that when I've read the book, there's definitely been moments of like as much, there's so much wisdom in this idea of love languages, but I find that the book itself um, can can make me cringe sometimes just in terms of um, the the ways in which relationships are, are being talked about. Um, and, uh, and, and also, of course, that um, it certainly um, tends to reflect a really heteronormative view of relationships. So all of the couples um, being male and female. And um, and so I think in some ways that the book itself might we might consider to be a little bit outdated. But all of that being said, I think this idea that, um, that Dr. Chapman has given us of love languages is, is really powerful. And I think that's why, um, despite the fact despite some of these caveats that that I mentioned, why it's remained to be this really, really popular book, why there have been so many editions published over time. And so this idea of love languages is really that we all express and receive love differently. And I think one of the things that I often think about is, is that it's similar to learning styles. And this idea that we, just as we all learn differently, whether one is a visual learner or an auditory learner or a kinesthetic learner, that the way that we receive and show our love um, may differ from one person to another. And, and certainly Dr. Chapman's contribution is, is, is really that this these these differences in language can sometimes mean that when we're uh, he is is predominantly um, like a marriage and, and relationship counselor and this idea that the languages that we are 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 using are sometimes not heard and interpreted by others in the way in which we intend and so for example someone who really receives love by words of affirmation one of the five languages. If their partner is not adept or or is not used to showing love in that way, the partner could be doing all sorts of other things to show love. But if they're not using words of affirmation, then that that love may not, in fact, be felt. Um, and so it's it's definitely a really interesting concept to use in relationships, whether romantic or otherwise. I know there's lots of adaptations of this for um, for the workplace and in in other in families and other other types of situations. Um, but I think it's also really valuable and, and this is, is, is sometimes talked about, but, but maybe not quite as much is, is how we can apply these love languages to ourselves and to our relationship with ourselves. Really recognizing that if we are looking for more love and compassion in, in the world, that 
we might get curious about the ways in which that we can provide what we are seeking to ourselves. Um, and, and for me, that is has been one of the most empowering realizations in, in my own life is um, is rather than waiting to to feel that sense of belonging or love or compassion or care for others, how can I give what I am seeking to myself, which isn't to say it replaces the the, the love that comes from relationship and community, but um, but I do really believe that it is an integral part of our own journeys, especially our own journeys um, with with self healing. Um, I think this this is really really at the root of that. So let's talk about the five love languages. So according to Gary Chapman, there are five different ways that we express love, and um, and these are ideas and. Uh, without kind of discounting all of the, the research and his study that went into this, I do think that it is possible to, to um, and, and he certainly talks about ways that you can further subdivide the, the love languages as well. But this will start to give you a, an idea, especially if you haven't heard of this concept before, an idea of some of the different ways that we might give and receive love. And so the first was already mentioned is words of affirmation. Um, and so these would be those kind of kind and encouraging and loving and supportive um, thoughts and, and words. And in our own relationship with ourselves, this could really look like ways in which we are dismantling that, um, that voice of the inner critic, ways in which we are providing ourselves with positive reinforcement, with affirmation, um, congratulating ourselves. Uh, the next one is quality time. So quality time is, is, is really those moments where, where we are allowing ourselves the opportunity to be with, whether that is being fully present with another person um, or being with ourselves. And there, this one I find in particular is one that there can be a lot of different variations of. I'll speak for myself in that one of the ways that I really appreciate quality time when it comes to my relationship with myself is that I absolutely love unplanned days. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. There is nothing that gives me more joy than when I look at my calendar and I see that I have zero commitments. And it actually goes farther than that. It's a little bit silly, but it has to not just be in my calendar, but there also have to be no, no errands that need to be done or no to-dos. So even if I have to send an email or pay a bill or go to the grocery store, to me, that doesn't feel that it doesn't have that same feeling of the empty luxuriousness of like a fully empty day that I can do with what I will. But quality time could also look for me like taking a bath or it could look for me um, like engaging in a practice of self-reflection. So um, perhaps it's it's taking um time to journal, perhaps it's it's taking time to to really facilitate inner dialogue with myself. Um, so it can it can have lots of different lots of different kind of flavors to it. So our next love language is receiving gifts. And I mean again we can think of this more in, in the context of um, interpersonally our relationships with others, but we can also think about this with ourselves and and 
you know, if we're someone who really feels love when we are are given really thoughtful, intentional gifts from others, how might we give those really thoughtful, intentional gifts to ourselves? Um, whether And those gifts don't always necessarily have to be um, really material or even really expensive. It could be the gift of buying ourselves um, some crafting supplies. It could be the gift of um, giving ourselves a day off. It could be the gift of um, giving ourselves a walk in the forest. There are so many ways we can think about these ideas of gifts. Um, and if we're someone that responds really well to to these thoughtful, intentional gifts, it could look, for instance, like making sure that you're building in these gifts into each each week. And again, I, I think that there's definitely room to really treat ourselves with with those more material things in life. But if this is a a, a your love language or a love language that you'd like to explore and see if it's yours. Um, I'd really encourage you as well to think about like how we can let those gifts be things that are going to support us in the non-material practices as well. So it could be, for instance, buying something um, like a really beautiful eye pillow uh, to do restorative yoga practices with, um, but to, to, to purchase things that will, will, will let you be in relationship with yourself. It could be getting a plant, but then building in this ritual of observation and mindfulness with that plant. Um, so that might be something something that you could explore. The next love language is um, a physical touch. And so physical touch, again, like we might think of this interpersonally in terms of hugs and in terms of, um, of other ways that we would show affection. But we can also think about this with ourselves. And, and um, this is kind of my secondary love language. My first one is quality time and my second one is physical touch. And what I find if I then flip this around in terms of how am I how can I give myself physical touch? Um, that's one of the reasons why I love self-massage practices so much. Um, it's one of the reasons why I am obsessed and have probably the biggest blanket collection that you will you will ever see. It's why I love really fuzzy ponchos and scarves. Um, so there's this idea of like that kinesthetic texture of so someone whose love language is physical touch. It 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 could be thinking about ways to be in communion with your body, whether it is through things like giving yourself a hug or a squeeze um, or self-massage, but it could also be the touch of what is against your skin. So it could be things like um, like noticing the feeling of your sheets against your skin when you wake up in the morning. It could be that fuzzy blanket. Um, it could be taking opportunity to um, to experience different temperatures, whether it's with something like a hot water bottle um, during moments where you feel a need to be comforted. And then our last love language is acts of service. Um, and I, I find this one is kind of, for me at least, the trickiest one to kind of um, relate back to 
to ourselves, but I think in one in one way it's probably because it's the the love language that uh, that I don't necessarily connect to as much. But acts of service, if again, if you start by thinking about this in terms of relationship with 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 others, it, it could be doing something like making dinner or doing the laundry or taking the garbage out or doing research for perhaps an, an upcoming trip or research about a purchase or um, research about a medical practitioner for someone. There's so many um doing groceries for someone. These are all kind of acts of service. And so, um, so, and, and it feels funny to speak to this one because I feel like I, I don't have as much of a connection with it personally, but, um, but what I imagine could feel good for, for someone here is, is, is this type of person maybe would feel, um, really loved and cared for when they took the time to do their taxes or um, when they cleaned up their, like did a deep clean of their house, um, or when they did some meal preparation. So these five different languages, and, and you may already know your love language, or, or if the, the concept is familiar, or sorry, unfamiliar, then it might take a little bit to kind of figure out what yours are. But one of the ways that, um, that is often suggested is just to kind of start to experiment with these five and to see which ones feel really good. So if you don't yet know your love language or if you haven't yet explored what feels really good in terms of providing love to yourself, you might start to explore some of these different ideas or even take um, the next five weeks and each week explore one of these love languages and just get a sense of how you feel that week and, and notice if one of them or maybe two of them really resonate. And if nothing else, I, I hope this kind of elaboration on, on the possibilities of how we might show ourselves love feels expansive and feels like it opens creative possibilities to really start to more deeply explore this question of how do I love myself well? How do I love myself well? What are the things um, that that I can do and, and I think why the love languages really speak to me is because when we look at love languages and, and look at what our particular, what particularly resonates with us, we start to move beyond some of those more um, like societal ideas that maybe we see that work for other people, like, you know, our, our friends or, or our moms or our neighbors <laughs> might love or our yoga teachers <laughs> might really love and always talk about gratitude practices. Um, and, and maybe that works, especially if, if, if you really see things in terms of affirmations um, or maybe acts of service. Uh, but if you're someone who really craves physical touch, then it could be different sorts of things that are, are going to, to really resonate with you. And so um, as we move into this new year, my hope, my wish for us all is that um, we're open that we're, we're open to discovering how we can keep loving ourselves well or, or how we might explore loving ourselves a little better, loving ourselves with, with compassion and, um, 
and really caring for ourselves and, and trusting that it is my true, true belief from the depths of my being that that the other things that we seek, whether it is um, a different relationship with our own bodies, um, whether it is a different relationship with our fitness, or um, whether we're trying to call in certain goals around um, our what we're creating in this world, whom we're creating it with, our communities, that all of that will flow with a little more ease. Um, and that our eyes will be open to the possibilities around us a little more when we really nurture the connection with ourselves from this place of love. I would love to hear from you. I always do truly love hearing from you. And so um, I'd love to hear if you already know your love language, if you have ideas of, of how you're going to cultivate your love language in the, the days, the weeks, the months, the year to come. I would so love to hear from you. You can always reach out. Um, a great place to find me is on Instagram. It's at Megan L. Johnston. Or you can also get in touch through my website, MeganJohnston.com. I am going to be taking things a little bit easier as we move into this this new year. And to be honest, I I don't yet totally have a vision for for year two of the podcast, but I am really excited to be along on this ride with you. And we do have some upcoming guests that I truly am so excited to share with you. Um, the first one will be airing next Tuesday. Um, and if you're you're looking to kind of connect with with others during this winter season, I am offering a yoga for mental health program that is going to be yoga guided journaling as well as community discussion all happening online. You can find the information on my website as well as a yin and restorative program. So that's another way that we can uh, work together in in this season and really come together. My hope is to create communities of support and connection during this winter season, which is a time so many of us struggle with with mental health to begin with. And I know right now, a lot of us are feeling that with kind of continued lockdowns or the fact that connecting in person um, is, is not always safe to do so or, or, or recommended right now. I am sending you so much love for a really beautiful year ahead. Keep living with heart and wonder.